Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. Today we're going to be taking a look at Genga, Katsuhiro Otomo's uh, Artist Edition. For my money, this thing revolutionizes Artist Editions. So you're going to find out uh, exactly what I'm saying once we start going through those pages. But before we uh, get started, got to let you guys know there's a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. And if you are uh, a member of that, you're getting videos earlier than everybody else. You are mitigating the kayfabe uh, effect, so hit the description below. You're going to be able to see the different tiers. You're getting at least one video, three videos, or you're getting all videos uh, as we upload them, plus access to a uh, private stream session where we are uh, recording the week's videos. So you beat the kayfabe effect completely, and you know what we're talking about before anybody else. But the videos are brought to you by the books that we make, and me and Jimmy are active cartoonists. This is our bibliography uh, that, that we're peddling right this moment. Jimmy has Hulk Grand Design, Street Angel, Deadly Scroll Alive, Trade Paperback, Plain Janes. I have two volumes of Red Room out right at this very minute working on the next. We have Patreons also individually. You can hit those up, support the channel. Uh, without further ado, Jimmy, let's hop into it, man. Uh, the Ganga book, uh, this came out in correspondence with the uh, art ex exhibition that Otomo had that looked so fucking sexy, man, where hey, in Japan, they there's not an original art market. First off, they don't need it because these <laughs> books sell in the upwards of many millions of copies uh, per unit. Yeah, and when we say 100 printings, I think, for Akira right, at this point. <laughs> and the first printing was 200,000. <laughs> so it's astonishing numbers. Uh, they keep all their artwork. Sometimes these guys have to have uh, just a whole house just to store the artwork so when he had his big exhibition he was able to take all his original pages and just like lay them out on these beautiful like glass trays all throughout these rooms on like four or five different sets of trays and it was just gorgeously curated one of the most beautiful looking art shows aesthetically i've ever seen and this is in effect the, the catalog to go along with those shows with that show and uh blew my mind to uh, go through this thing, and I do think that it revolutionizes uh, the possibilities of like what an artist edition can be, because it's not all just page for page of comics. Sometimes he's isolating panels and it's just creating. Jimmy, do, do you agree that sometimes there could be a little bit of a white noise thing that happens with the artist editions, where where you're kind of going through this stuff, and it's page after page of just beautiful artwork, and you're just not stopping to like really appreciate what the fuck you're looking at this breaks that up a little bit some color passages other pieces where there's just collages of panels you'll see but starting off pretty strong with just a heap of what looks like don't a lot of domu pages some earlier works there's a fireball like these are like the iconic shots yeah, you know man. that page of hansel and gretel uh this this image from uh the first kaba i don't know where it was printed but but like it's super striking the cover to um Sayonara Nippon. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks fake. Yeah, everything is so tightly drawn, and the, even the borders are so crisp and sharp. Yeah, that's that's a heck of a, <laughs> a heck of a start. This is why we need this book in English because there are interviews and a lot of text passages that we're not going to get to uh, get to absorb. I will never understand why a book like this doesn't exist in English. I, I mean, it's only because he doesn't do it. Like like if he signed if he checked a box. Any number of publishers will publish this in English. In that, he cares enough to make the book. Yeah. Why not let us have it? Yeah. You know, like, come on. <laughs> 
Yeah. Once again, he just doesn't need to, you know? It's really strong, too, to go from that first page collage of black and white to now a collage of color. And it's like a great preview because Ooh. you're going to see this stuff in bigger in, in, in bigger images uh, as, as the pages go by. It's an exceptionally short list of artists that can do a page in color and a page in black and white like that. Yeah. Where it's like either one, take your pick. Sure, totally, man. Uh, in kind of a linear order. And when you see stuff at this early stage, it kind of makes you like maybe a tiny bit hopeful that uh, if you keep working your ass off, you get there. But starts off pretty strong from the yeah, jump. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I, I'm hopeful I'll get here. All right. <laughs> Look at this, though. This is a very European line. It is. You know, like may, maybe uh, Jean Giraud already that's, having that's some the first influence. thing that comes to mind. Or I don't know if the, the timing sets up. But yeah, definitely has that quality. The mark of a good artist, too. You're looking beyond whatever's close, yeah. whatever is the norm, like you're adding other stuff already from the beginning. You can see the age on the paper, a little patina, a little yellowishness to, to this old paper, but the screen still uh, held up really well. And uh, looking at the lighting on these plates and just kind of the care that he's taking, that they're taking with this. I say they because it might be assistance at this level even. Could be. Uh, interesting hatching here. This is stuff that I haven't seen him do before. My first instinct is Krigstein, not yeah. that I think he's looking at Krigstein because no. it had to be pretty obscure at that time. Uh, but it's great to see this kind of a collage where you get to see like different approaches to hatching, but also even different approaches to the grays with the screens. Yeah, yeah, and many different kinds. Like, like this is one of those experimental panels where you got a bunch of screen tone, cut a little square off of all of them, see how a prints in Tango Bond format, and then uh, you know what you got moving forward. I, I remember the story, uh, Tom talking about how like he would uh, sample colors and, and try a bunch of different colors and maybe have like a little square of color somewhere that he's going to look to see how it looks in print. And if it looks good, he'll, yeah, it'll, that. it'll be a new palette. Oh man, <laughs> speaking of like then applying all the gray stuff we're talking about on the previous page to that illustration. Wow. Yeah. This is sweet too. It looks almost, it it looks almost uh, freehand, like uh, no pencil. Yeah, it's beautiful work. I, I wish they had like a guide. Some like I wonder if this is a hundred percent. I think if this so. is your actual size reproduced. Saw, there. saw a lot of original art out there, and it's all uh, about this size. I saw a. Um, it was like a manga sketchbook at Barnes and Noble, and half of the book or more were the blue line pages that were perforated. You could pull out, and I assumed they're at size. And man, I almost bought it just as like it'd be fun to work that size. Yeah. You know, had it had like your trim lines and your bleed lines and stuff marked in blue. Yeah, I got five stacks of uh, of those things, man. And with the idea of like, let me use these piece these pages and try to do fifteen pages in a week or something. Yeah. But this is what I'm talking about, where you were getting a collage of interesting panels. Like maybe, maybe every piece on the on the pages that he drew, like he wasn't, he he doesn't feel like showing off to you, so he's isolating little bits and collaging them up together. Yeah, I love seeing some of the stuff where like a figure's out in, out in space. Yeah. I wonder what those are from. That's when he was uh, moonlighting on Tomb of Dracula with more Wolfman. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine uh, people trying to seek that out. <laughs> right. <laughs> deep, deep dive. Wow. This kind of stuff, just gorgeous. I, it reminds me of like sci-fi paperbacks. I used to kind of like seek those out and just stare at them see a lot of that quality on that page yeah for sure i wonder if these like i don't know these images at all so there is the his first tanko bond called a gun report which is which is uh one of those titles that we talk about that's like the sound effect because it's yeah. not it's not a book report about a gun it's the whatever the kanji or whatever is for the sound of a gun shooting 
Yeah, good luck Googling that one. <laughs> yeah. Love this ability too. Like to me, this is a mark of a great artist. If you're able to do these things that are equivalent of a still life or, you know, a sky, a yeah. shadow, just, just remarkable that you can make that look awesome, especially in black and white. Yeah. This is that thing that uh, I don't see. There's Zipatone here. When I was at this one art show out there, there was uh, the manga, the manga was called Sex, and the assistant would create separate gray values using the exact same screen tone, like like ganging the screen tones up, but always making sure that when they laid that second one down, that it would be horizontal, like parallel lines. Wow. That's, it's almost like the, the um, CMYK screens, how you would not have them at the same angle exactly. when you print to avoid mores, but that is really upset. That's so interesting. It makes total sense that you would develop that technique, but what an advanced sounding technique. Yeah. You know what stands out on these pages, and you can keep going. It's the variety of compositions that he brings. Because I, I, I think sometimes you look at manga and there can be a sameness. Yeah. And look, if you're doing 20 pages in a couple of days, I understand that, but it just, like... It's extraordinary the variety that he puts in these compositions. Otomo, like Mobius, doesn't have to use a lot of lines, but can create these extremely elegant figures. You know, like super soft, the anatomy's all there. But you could tell this is still early Otomo, for mm -hmm. sure. He's still getting his sea legs with certain things, man. Like. He he certainly is pushed back against the idea of doing a serialized manga, and it's impossible to do a serialized manga for too long if you're hatching the. Look at the great textures there. The wood grain on the guitar, really cool. The jeans being different than the flannel shirts. Same down here. It's just like these are all. It, it almost be looking at like a sample of these are all of the uh, textures that are available. Outstanding. See, this is what we really need, man. An interview from 79. Like, let's see what his headspace was like before he's even doing Domo. I think it could be so insightful. Is that first batch, like, pre-76? If this is starting, like, 76, so right. that, that, it's hard to tell what that, that stuff is. Yeah, that, that stuff sits, like, 73 to 78 or something. So brilliant to see, again, how far can you push gray? And, dude, that reads it like a crowd. Oh, 100%. That reads like a crowd, and I do not want to put my head into the the camera, but it looks like several different zips, throwing white media under one zip, and then putting a zip over yep. top of that. So you, he's able to get like four grays, basically, when this gets translated to black and white line reproduction. Nearly crumb-like, you know, like some of the crumb sketchbook stuff there. Uh, but what I was saying about that gun report um, manga is that uh, you cannot find it anywhere in mm -hmm. any of the stores. And, you know, Koenji Shan, Jap Japan Book Hunter, has never seen a copy. And uh, it's yet to... That's the last volume they print in the complete Atona, right? I think right? so. I think so, man. <laughs> Pos posthumously, maybe. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Look at these colors. He could do chibi, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting watching, because I go back and forth between looking at the page in front of us and looking at the monitor. Yeah. And some of this stuff just transforms into, like, photographic whenever you look at it a little bit smaller or it's on cool. screen. It's cool to see the original of this. This is the uh, cover to a short piece. And, and this, you know, this face portrait would be gigantic. Cover to Highway Store. Or this, the Highway Store story. I think I think the cover to Highway Store is like the uh, Rolls-Royce uh, hood ornament. 
but uh, he, this is a motif that he's used a lot of times and like just checking this out dude like it's so imaginative mm-hmm. yeah i like the stuff that he graphs on to uh you know s- stickers details emblems patches signs all of that stuff that has like a, a almost a different drawing style yeah it really pops it this fireball comes up several times like like i don't have or maybe i if it's in highway store i have it but uh there's a great image where there's a almost a max mad max guy on the ground pointing a shotgun like at the at the camera and it says there's like something that says fireball on it so it's, he, he he likes that word hmm. looking at this stuff i he must have read uh, Garrow magazine because because there's very there's those the Suje brothers have have this kind of line yeah that wouldn't surprise me and anybody at home you're seeing a lot of imagery little figures are, yeah. are what are making up that brain if you look closely so amazing pause and zoom in there for a second how about that guy yeah it's great see it's almost like Mizuki um as influence like he's he's definitely wearing that stuff on his on his sleeve now I definitely I have these tanko bonds that has this in there and a lot of his old comics they're not hyperbolic we we looked at that art of wall exhibit interview book and Otomo's talking about how there really wasn't a market for his kind of science fiction in, in comics in Japan at that time uh, so I I anything that he makes like I sort of try to find and seek out and I have a bunch bunch of his tanko bond when you look at those old books uh, they're, they're kind of slice of life you know, there's not anything too too crazy going on, but it's all well well drawn. Look at this dude. Like after uh, doing his tenure as a uh, assistant for a mahjong mangaka, couldn't help but put a little little mahjong into his own comics. Wonder if all those tiles are correct. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this dude. No holding lines. It's just the hatching is doing the trick here, and it's like a high contrast. Do you feel like every artist goes through a phase of that? Sure. Like, I, I Usually, like young. we do it as kids. Usually, young. yeah. It's what's, so, uh, it's so. You look at it, it's so inspiring. Like you have to try it. You know, it's really. Uh, and then it doesn't work. It doesn't. It's not as easy as it looks. So then you got to try it again. It. It looks like this piece. He has a son, Shohei Otomo, who who uses ballpoint pen, and this is like where Shohei's art is right now. It, it, with this like kind of high contrast, black and white, maniacal shading level. I always thought this image was real, real sharp, man. Like a little hobo dude. There's a fish head, and he's just draw, like drawing his fantasy in dirt. The pace-ups are always fun. A hundred percent of the mangaka that I've uh, met, known, and hung out with hate the lettering that's chosen for their for their manga. There's maybe five, six you know a dozen different typefaces that you can use and if you look in like an issue of shonen jump there's different typography for every strip and it's chosen by the editor um everybody hates their type that was like the icebreaker question like hey man you like the, the, the type in your comics i feel like more uh american cartoonists should feel that way yeah <laughs> just need some bad lettering this is pretty sweet too seeing him like really load up in the black ink Almost removing that gray scale that we've seen in so many of these images. Good weather is a tankabon I just recently picked up, so oh, I didn't yeah. get a chance to sit with it too. Is it all too drawn much? that way? Did you no. have at least one flip through? No. That is wild drawing. Yeah. He he's had a big career. Like he's drawn so- shoujo 
uh, manga, cover to Sayonara Nippon. And, and Pretty iconic image. It is, and check this out. Like uh, You see this right here, people. This is overspray. So in mm. order to get this very fluid blending for this kind of sea color, he airbrushed that. So he, he had to have a mask down. And you can see exactly where the mask yeah. was set at large. And then you just cut a hole here. You cut a hole here, 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 and here. And then you just hit it with that airbrush. That, that was like the way that you were able to achieve a nice, fluid, blended color pre-Photoshop. And then the rest it is just uh, watercolor. Do you ever see his um, Godzilla image, man, where it's like uh, Godzilla like cut in half, like wash up on a beach and show those? I don't think I have, no. I, I hope it's in here. I do too. That sounds awesome. It would be around this, this era. Yeah, it sounds really cool. This stuff makes me wonder like what he's working from in terms of photos and yeah. then like how he's transferring those references. Yeah. Even if he traced a photo here, which is what I would bet right. he, he did, you go try that. And yours will look far different than his. Uh, there's a lot of decision making that has to be done at this stage to get to work. You have to pull out what, what's important. You know, like what, what do you see as important? Uh, how do you make it feel feel lived in and not static? That's that's the thing that you see with a lot of um, people like in like the Marvel DC space that just you could tell they're tracing off like a Google SketchUp or something. They can't they can't take it to this level and make it feel organic. One of the things that I started doing after looking at some of his work is I would do these straight lines and use a ruler for them, you know, corners of buildings, yeah. outlines of windows. And then I'd go in and I'd draw over those lines again freehand. Yeah. So you'd have like that almost like this kind of effect mm -hmm. where it's like the building's square but it's also worn. Yeah. And I just found that to be amazing because, you know, that's tough. If it's all straight edges, it can be a little bit cold. And especially if you want it to be kind of a beaten up, yeah. you know, this is a hundred year old building. How do you do that? And I do it stealing from a Tomo. <laughs> <laughs> Love it now that we see a little color added too. Yeah. It's really interesting because the you know so many of these creators like you'll get those couple of pages of full color maybe at the beginning of your story right but also that two color thing is much more prominent I think in manga than it is in in American comics pretty rare when you see the two color in American comics but it's it's fairly common yeah and interesting to see that it's all done on the board uh, because clearly that suggests that there is just a different way that they separate the colors it is that it, that's exactly right and i i don't know what that is yeah and and you the must reason mask it when you photograph it probably the reason why um red is the chosen uh color is because like process red is like as important a color in japanese newspapers as the black so it's just it's just on deck it's right there it's as ubiquitous as the black so that's why it, when you see those orange pages or those like pages with lots of red, it's processed red ink. I like the, uh, that's Co the reason. Coca-Cola logo in the background too. It reminds me of uh, pure pop culture. Yeah, trash absolutely. man, right? That might be trash man. I was gonna say Octobriano. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't get myself in trouble. Once again, man, revolutionizing uh, the the artist edition with bits like this and spreads like this. Like Jim, we. We fantasized in a, about a world where there is a like a grand design artist mm. edition someday. And my my pages are 
like my pages are not complete like I drew some panels just on singular paper like I was trying a lot of different weird techniques that required lots of pieces of paper to make one page sometimes uh, but I have good panels on most so like if there was like the Eddie P section of a grand design book it would have to be like this it's the only way I could sign off man because why have a blank page with like one panel on it put the good panels everywhere do you have this story in some form I bet I, I want to know like it looks like a complete sequence. Yeah. I want to know what he's pulling from and like, what is it on the unabridged version? Right. Yeah, it's an interesting challenge to think of if you were going to put together pages like this, where you're pulling from a bunch of pages as your source material. Right. Like, what are you putting together? Is it thematic? Is it, an, you know, a truncated version of the story? Like, kind of interesting from a design standpoint. It'd be fun to try. So again, that artist edition petition, everyone, keep 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 signing that. that. <laughs> Give us the chance to find out. This technique with with this kind of uh, whitish color on top of the black hair, very reminiscent of uh, Sam Pesciarato's paintings for the covers of uh, Kamui. Mm, interesting. That story on the right there had, had looked, and you, you don't have to stick with it, but it stylistically it looked different, simpler, a little bit more cartoonish. I'm sure we'll see more of that. In fact, the next page I saw a little bit more of so it coming up. So two more interviews, one from 82, one from 83. Now these are pretty quick and it might just be like one page from a young magazine or something. But I wonder if you get into like, you know, like to me, this is a simpler drawing than what we have been seeing. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if that indicates fewer assistants, different assistant. I would love to know that stuff too. Totally. Like how many hands are on these pages? And That's the thing, man, because like even this image, people say that this is a collage and, but, but it's like the Otomo book and I don't see no names like associated. Like, like he did not do the collage. The guy who did Art of Wall did a collage. So, so they say, mm -hmm. this is Hansel and Gretel. This is one of the books I picked up while out there which collects like him doing a bunch of like fairy tale mother goose type uh, stories or wizards of wizard of Oz, public domain shits so there's like a don quixote man this imagery I, I feel like this is like when he starts to discover uh mobius in a big way or something look at this mark making jimmy goddamn dude so now <laughs> how big is this printed right like, how yeah, could you make that up. smaller than that you know what i mean yeah that's unbelievable I, just just from a practical standpoint, you know, you're not doing 20 of those a week. No, no. Yeah, it, I think it's almost like Edward Gorey me method where it's, you know, you got you got to get in there. Microscopic. It's interesting to see when you butt when you butt things up, the interesting tangents that, that pop up. You know, this is two separate images, but it bleeds together with that tree trunk. But then you wonder if that's if that's a conscious thing on Otomo's part. Well, through the looking glass part of uh the joint here's your Don Quixote look at that composition now that's very Mobius yeah it's really cool to see him go from that previous page to this kind of composition talk about managing your space wow <laughs> that's a wild draw. <laughs> yeah I, I, in the comic I do think he fucks it <laughs> I do I seem to remember that using some brush in a very watered-down ink. The thing that I found with a lot of Japanese inks, man, is they don't pass the spit test, man. Like, they're they're all water-soluble. Mm -hmm. You got you to keep them dry. Yeah, I forget the name of that ink that's popular, um, but it is not water uh, waterproof. And it, it's... It's, uh, it's nice ink to draw with, though. But it's nerve-wracking because it's a humid island that they live on, you know? 
Fireball, dude. We did one of our earliest videos uh, on the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. We we were talking about Fireball and, and how it's a uh, uh, sort of precursor to Akira. And just with the imagery that you see right here, you see what we're talking about. I feel like this is a very famous image. I do too, yeah. Otomo has created like those like supremely iconic uh, images. He's got He's got dozens of them. And this is high up there. We really need to put together our criteria of like the, the back of the car, trading cards for cartoonists yeah. because that's another piece. Making you know, that iconic, iconic image. image is another piece. And we'll say it just because it'll come up in comments. Yes, we know that's uh, cribbing from uh, MC Escher. Farewell to Weapons era. Hair, this is in that Memories book. Hmm. And, and it does have translated uh, missives about what what he's saying or co commenting on his stories and, and he he like at that time he saw the the hair player or something on tv not an alan moore caricature <laughs> right something about this lady toasting the moon <laughs> is real sweet and i wonder if that moon is a uh, collage element that looks, looks photographic looks like a photo to me looks like a cover uh for the full moon zine <laughs> <contender>. <laughs> It feels like one striking image after another. Yeah, he he just he can't draw bad. He really can't. And I always think of him as being an influence on like uh, almost everybody, but, sure. but like uh, Jamie Hewlett. You know, we saw the profile on that yeah, yeah, previous that, page. That right it's like it's hard for me not to see some of some of Hewlett Hewlettisms there. Man, when he does the super close ups of faces, that's another one of those trademarks. When I think of Otomo, like that's a face. You know, you could pick that one out of a group. You can, and and just like he's able to draw through. The 3D of it feels really sound. And, and he's able to put expression on it. Expression. Uh, and then just the sensitivity that's being done with the zips. Uh, the cool thing about this being like an artist edition format is, and skin from the original, is you can see where the zip was cut. Like you see the edge of it. And then you could see how much was taken off and how it's even hatched with, you know, the razor or whatever is uh, taken off. Like looking at it on the monitor, that lighting feels really, really sound. It's almost a painting on the monitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very rich. That's the stuff that confuses me. Some of those edges that they scrape away to get almost a drawn effect in the zip. Yeah. It's really something. Look at how he's showing diversity on the spread, man, where he's got this nearly photorealistic cartoon face, but then he goes shoujo on you. This is amazing. I have not seen his shoujo stuff before, and I saw an art show of shoujo manga in, yeah. uh, in Denmark. It's so cool to see it, you know, like it really is a different language. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's all about the idea, man. It's very quick, expressive lines. Yeah, big line is a huge piece. And, and, and it's not waxing the line, you know, like these, these ladies are just putting, putting out information. Is that Buffalo Bill? <laughs> More of those phenomenal Ooh, faces. Ooh, this is that cover to that SOS joint. That's a great one. I like seeing that as an original, all yeah, those edges. Man. Yeah, that's that's really sweet because you can see his full palette. You know, this is a good example too for all of my complaining about browns and grays. Look what color does. Yeah. You know, like like that's such a good piece because you get the browns and grays, and then you can see what some a little bit of color, how much it pops against that total lack focal of points. Color. Yeah, total focal points. I, I would read five thousand pages of his Goonies type yes. comic. Again with the Alan Moore. What yeah. is this? <laughs> Talk about striking. How about that red? Yeah, dude. You notice we're, we're not even at Domu yet. 
see this is where at the uh, metallic rose or whatever magnetic rose the me from memories again those expressive faces that are twisted around yeah I just it's just phenomenal we did a video on this story and and we were talking about like is this hand drawn? Like, how do you do that? And it was certainly the era. There's no computers back then. Like, that is hand drawn. You know what? Well, maybe. The way that you would do it is an auto projector, mm -hmm. where the projector's at an angle. So you get the perspective on a thing you're drawing. It yeah, on. yeah, sure, sure. But those are still marks, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still pen. Love it. Really great. And just what a wild zip, huh? It actually kind of flattens out the image. Yeah, it feels so much like he's talked about uh, Stanley Kubrick. Oh yeah, and I feel like yeah, you don't get this image if you're not a, if Kubrick isn't an ingredient somewhere in there. This strip is very two thousand one. A hundred percent. It's really hard to just not be in awe of every single page. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm going Jeff Darrow here. It doesn't, yeah, it, it just doesn't seem possible to draw stuff like that. Well, it's certainly on a consistent basis. Like, maybe you could do one of these yeah. in a career. Yeah, in a lifetime, <laughs> I might be able to produce one of those. When you see his, his drawing setup also, it is the most humble, tiny, it, you know, it's like an Ikea desk with like one of those little wooden... You know, drafting board. Thing. It's not even he, they. They don't even fuck with drafting boards out there. It's just that little it desktop thing. Everything you need to know for all the tools that we talk about having access to. Sit like, down and focus. You know, they, they don't got the big halogen lights. That's a pretty color. It is, and this the 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 first image of this, you know, because this is a, in sequence, is basically the the Akira atom bomb explosion except it's a watermelon with chunks mm -hmm. popping out but done years before akira man the rind on there like the pattern is so cool yeah well, it looks, totally reads yeah it looks so simple on one hand and then you look closely and the complexity's all there it is great star field yeah wow pretty restrained in his splatter there yeah yeah it's ba almost barely splatter really Those things look pretty drawn. All right, we're in Domu territory now. This image did not come to the states. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing I wonder that. If that. I wonder if that's like an end paper. I don't know, but man, seeing the Domu buildings like this. Yeah. You have that oversized Domu, yeah. and it was the same kind of effect where it is. Again, I think a Kubrick, you know, and I don't know that there's anything direct, but it's more of almost just this. What setting can be when people talk about setting as character, the visual component of that. I mean, it's world building. Yeah perfecting the uh that face that downward angle face her just kind of like that levitating rock getting three dimension out of this drawing magic yeah it's the stuff that the best of animators do i've been watching a lot of uh anime before before bed and it hinges on you know the human figure a lot of it and just watching these characters turn and thinking about like what had to go into that the sort of knowledge that that these artists have in the figure in a 3d space it's it's beyond what people who just draw on paper can do like it's it's a different way of thinking see this is very fascinating man because yes. this this is a black and white page in in the books uh maybe when this was first run 
you know this had the pro this was an introductory page and had the process read but when it is in like the book collections like the dark horse or whatever it's just printed black even if it never appeared in red and print i'm so happy that that is an original yeah you know <laughs> it, it's it's great stuff little hand very exciting these must be um like color screens or something yeah to be yeah. that even yeah for sure those those uh pan pantone uh, color screens and he does use those like like you will see examples where he t absolutely uses Some real those fine cuts there yeah like you know that's a screen well, some of those windows too and and what's interesting is like maybe there's a blue there you know like maybe it's not I like a that... wine color maybe he has like a light blue on top of that yeah like there's greens for these doors and stuff and i think that's a yellow, yellow. just put on top yeah It's incredible how he good. figured out perspective on these buildings. Yeah. They, they're such a graphic element to them. It sets them up, too. You know, when, when, you, when you create a Neo-Tokyo, like, he's, he's got his 10,000 hours practice in drawing uh, complex buildings and perspective. How about that for drawing? It's like the kid drawing on the wall. Yeah. It's even a different pen. Mm-hmm. The explosions feel right, like like it's like a carpet bomb, like boom, 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 boom. And then of course the physics of some of the rubble, like see that's the precursor piece to this element right here, the Stranger Things page, where the girl's just standing there, has that dude pressed up. Even the shadows look really, really sound. I love seeing his paint strokes. Yeah, I know, right? And then another one of those like incredibly iconic images. Yeah, that's one I think of very fast whenever I think of Domu. Cause it just looks right. It just it looks right. It looks like he looked at something. It's the weight too. Again, you know, like like levitating a rock right directly in front of the character. It seems impossible to have depth. It's it's kind of similar where it's just the physics of it. It all works. Very believable. Yeah, yeah. The 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 zip helps a lot. This is one that I remember us talking about, and it's that white zip yeah. over part of the image. Yeah, this is the cover to uh, the Tanko Bon of uh, Domu in, in Japan. That that white zip, pretty interesting effect. Yeah, really good depth. Really good depth creator. That old man Cho face. Another one of those striking images. I like. I never. When I grabbed Domu to, to begin, I grabbed all three at, at the same time. Like, I got them at the flea market. And I glanced through, but didn't really, like, look too much. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know. This could be boring. Like, what is this? And uh, never flipped through and saw that page. So I just read it. And when you get to that page, it's like you stare at this page a while. This is the farewell to weapons imagery that... that he digitizes in certain Tankobon. Never came to America though. The Robot Carnival intro is one of the most incredible intros ever. Like, it, this is a big tank, like on the anime movie. Mm -hmm. This is a big tank coming over yonder. And then the camera will just zoom into like little sequences. So, like, on top of like maybe the V, there will be these like dancer robots that are on like a track dancing around doing things there would be like maybe like a monkey with chimes like on one there's just so much stuff going on 
feel like there's a paper change that just happened here. It starts to feel like more textured. It sounded like it whenever your hand was uh, yeah. on it. Yeah, not sure where these images appeared. You have no idea, but they're beautiful. It's cool to see all this painting. Yeah. That's another nice book design piece. You know, you go through so much of that line art and then to get to this color section. Here's more of that Pantone. Mm -hmm. And you can see the, you can see the, like the light shining on the cut right there. See, this is more of whenever I say like, I, I think Jamie Hewlett has to love this dude. Absolutely, man. Uh, you can see the cut through the black right there. So yep. he inks it and then put put the red on the bra. Yeah. The comb. And look at that, dude. That's Jubilee, man. <laughs> it is Jubilee. <laughs> See, this is the one that always makes me think of Hewlett. Definitely. It's a two images in sequence. And, and it's actually cropped a lot. Like, if you get Cabo 1, it's in there. I think these were for, like, ad campaigns. I think you're right. So he's a madman also. He's a madman and a madman. Yeah, this would be... Um again with the characteristics of cartoonist it's that ability to be an illustrator yeah which not every great cartoonist has and and not every great illustrator certainly doesn't have the cartoonist part no. this this is 100% for a Kodak ad campaign that he was a part of and he directed the uh some of the commercials for that but that's that's why we're fetishizing the uh the canon right there so he definitely discovered mobius at this point, right? Yes. But there's also that Escher component also. And obviously Chris Nolan's a fan. <laughs> I don't know how you can be a visual artist though and not be a fan of, of like he's a giant. Yeah. There aren't very many yeah, I don't people know. on a scale. I don't know very many people that, that criticize Ot Otomo at that level. Two more interviews. It's crazy to think that previous section was like, what, six or eight years? Yeah. And, and you know, like pre his mature period. <laughs> right. It's there ridiculous. it is. How, how iconic, huh? It's cool to see it at this size with the, with the, with the brush strokes. Uh, because they sort of stand out just a little bit more. Yeah, I really enjoy seeing that part. Like, I don't want it to be... Um, super smooth or anything like that i like seeing the artist hand in this stuff absolutely something about like converting it to dots in that in that typical way softens it up so here's that painting right the one that gets digitized right in uh the tank i mean the uh first episode in young magazine but that's the painting that is you know page one of akira And then these are cuts from various sequences, like color sections that are in the episodes that I don't think made it to the Tankobon cover to uh, volume one. And he oscillates, he goes back and forth. This is from uh, page one, like when the boys actually show up, like cover one, hot colors, cover two, got that blue kind of Tetsuo. Look at that dude, like using different different implements to get different graffitis. Graffitis in perspective, mind you. Yeah, wild. And again, this is exactly where I stole like my idea of, oh, you want that straight line to be weathered. You know, you can see that second line on there where yeah. it's just the, the jagged, ragged kind of piece. 
Just enough to show some deterioration of that concrete. So this section in Akira, when the boys have to show up at school after uh, being disruptive and having you know the feds come in, if you remember, the coach comes in, the gym teacher slaps him up. He's got this particular jaw. It's supposed to be Antonio Inoki. Did not know that. Yeah. Blowing my mind, Ed. That's, that's <laughs> so cool. Rest in peace. Yes. Always so badass, man, to see to see that stuff. Man, I've been thinking about the my Rushmore of wrestlers mm -hmm. and trying to figure certain ones out. Gorgeous George I have on there and sure. the Sheik. Anoki might be on there. That makes sense. I stole this five to ten times in, in my drawing career already, man. Probably two times with William S. Burroughs uh, on the on the trigger <laughs> where you actually where you actually see the gun the gun yeah, report yeah. where it's like muzzle flash with that gun up in the air. That is just so smart. That blew my mind the first time I saw that. I just thought it was just such a smart drawing. Because nobody does that. Like, they just show the muzzle flash with the gun pointing at a dude. Yeah, and man, we were such gun fetishists when I was in school. We knew one guy that had a 44 Magnum, and they would talk about how it would, like, break your wrist when you'd shoot it. Like, the recoil is on, on, a, on a large handgun like that is, is not going to stay straight. Wow, I don't know what this image comes from. Another one of those iconic shots. Yeah. I do wonder what this is. This is interesting because it's like an in-progress piece with, uh, you know, with like tape marks and stuff still on there. I feel like it, you know like what? Like it might be a half, you, you know, it's abandoned or something. You, you know what I think this is? They would do those like, at, in the Tanko Bond, it would have like a picture of each of the characters and talk about their kind of okay. arc and, and it would be printed so small. So I think this is like a spot illustration that gets reduced a lot. He must have done it again though, because like the tape's still on there. Yeah, or but they I, just shot it cl in close. Yeah, like like I think I think it's cropped, and um, there are like these like Sienkiewicz pieces I see that have tape. It's like you could remove that in the process somehow. See, that's a cover for issue two, volume two, and has a, like those cool blues. I always love this stuff, and I don't know who gets credit for it, but almost the stuff where it's like painted. I've seen costumes where they do that, where it's like a uniform-sized line will sort of right. delineate color changes on a costume. But I always found, like, once I started seeing that, it became like, oh, yeah, integrate that. That's a really fun piece. Yeah. When Akira wakes up, Neo Tokyo times two. Ability to go from, like, clouds and explosions to the straight edges of a building. Yeah. That's a lot of range. And just the maniacal aspect of this, and, yeah. the, and, the, and the fact that you got to do 17 of those pages that week. No, thank you. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Because, like, these are measured out and stuff. Well, and this perfection of these lines. Yeah. Like, if you're drawing that with a tech pen, man, my tech pens bleed and st all kinds of stuff goes wrong. And that is not the busted up concrete where it's like, oh, you can put an organic line on top of that straight one and, you know, cover up a mistake. Like, those are all just completely clean crisp lines right with perspective on the inner part of the windows and no overlaps also all those horizontal lines you know that are the window pieces it is like that's a, that's you know 50 lines across each time that's yeah. not one line that you you just clean up a little bit right yeah you see the um also they draw on the shittest paper that's two steps above typing paper <laughs> it's the most crappy, like wrinkly, like when they're done with it, it's wrinkly and stuff. When you watch Men Ben and you see them rocking the, the, like the little Mickey Mouse gloves while they draw, it's because that's the most porous, absorbent, weak paper that will just, you know. 
the, with the, the paper I saw at Barnes and Noble that I was tempted to buy had a weird quality like that, and that was part of my interest. Was like it did feel it, like different was, paper. Was it the leader? Because like I that's that, the brand. It that's what they been. all use. Yeah, it might have been. It and, makes sense, and right? And it's super thin and just cheap. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, it felt different than I, did not, it wasn't Bristol. Yeah. It might be bored, but it, if it is, it's one ply. Great faces on these pages. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're in for it when Tetsu gets a pill. Mm. This is dope, and like, yeah, this is cropped. That. Yeah, okay. Like you don't get to see that. He must. This must be a hundred million dollars worth of artwork that he has. I can't even guess. It's so hard to know without having you know, with, with, because this stuff's so shielded, you have no market for it. Yeah. But I mean. Not a lot of comics bigger than this. That's phenomenal. This was one of those things that I just loved. Is somebody who loves lettering, and then you put shadow on it, and screen on it, and graffiti, and it's just like this image, man. It's such a small panel in the comic, and it's the first time you see Tetsuo really starting to like act a fool. You just catch a glimpse of the turmoil here, and it's sticky, like like the little tendrils and shit. Like you could see they're sticking into stuff. Like it's. Let's talk about this moon for a minute. Yes, yes, because we this we talked about it, and we were like, "What is this?" Do you have any more insight now that you look at it there? No, because it's that's so like fucking a, small, um, like, like a blown up half tone photo, and then you go in with some black and white to sort of punch. There's no some of those craters. Yeah, there's no education to to to, to glean from this small, and I and I feel like he's because this is a two page spread image, like he's teasing us. Yeah, man. it kind of is. Yeah, I need that. I need that two pages and oversized to really look at because i can't even tell what this figure like is that cut out put on top like we, we literally talked about that on the, yeah. on the episode man and he's <laughs> he's given us no no answers it could have been this big and we could have had all the answers but he's like you know what guys fuck you you look at my stuff too closely yeah it could be i'll tell you too if i had the answers i it's still i don't know that i could <laughs> could implement any of these to great effect yeah no like you see you even see some of that stuff here but dude this is like crazy Tetsuo baby face. That screen weathered a little bit differently than everything else. You are right about most of those screens holding up very, very well. Check this out, dude. White white zips to give you that depth of the buildings in the distance. Love it. This Love is it, a... and probably a little bit extra black, you know, because you're gonna, I don't know if you know you're gonna go for it at what stage, but you know, really pop that forward stuff is that's the stuff that has the real black in it. You've got a little bit of that middle that's kind of just lines, and then the the white screen in the background. There's a paste up here. I wonder if it's like the buildings are pasted up. Mm, could be. Like if it's cut here, like a, yeah, I think I see a shadow here, and that could be that division of labor with assistance, where you got like one one guy drawing this back stuff, and then you got um, that would make a another lot of sense. dude drawing this that'll get pasted over on top because like there's a. a when it comes to crunch time out there, you will. See, I saw pages that had, you know, four or five different pasted up panels because they just cut the paper up, give it to five, six different assistants, and then reassemble it later. It just doesn't make sense. You shouldn't be able to do black and white and color to that degree. Cover to Young Young Magazine. This gets digitized also when you take a look at the cover to the Young Magazine that. Uh, has the first appearance and and I remember like 
is that Kaneda? Is that Akira? Like, even Otomo doesn't know. But when you see this cover, it has the pixelation. I wonder if that's in that Akira, Akira Club book. I'm, I, that I'm that sure. Was reproduced. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I feel you, like I've seen it somewhere. You've seen it a million times. Like, it's, it's you know, it's appearance number one. It's Action Comics 1 of Akira, basically. Now we're getting into, like, Laserdisc covers and soundtrack album covers and things. Those are, that's a pretty good spread. Yeah. Because you're going from a real simple to a real complex. We looked at that Arzak our, yeah, I love uh, that. memorial book or whatever. Well, I guess it wasn't a memorial book, kind of like a tribute book. Yeah, tribute. That's a great piece. Looks really good here. Yeah. Makes me curious now because I feel like it printed a little different in that Arzak book. Sure. It's funny how that range exists. How about this man drawing on some DC paper? <laughs> what the heck would this be? Yeah, I have no idea. Like, we know the, the um, Batman story. Now we're getting into animation territory. Memories. That's so cool, man. This was like a soundtrack or something. I, I got a record that has that on the cover. Yeah, I like seeing these both. Looks like they're blown up or maybe um, actual size or something. Yeah, there's big, even big line, big there, heavy lines. There's even a patch. Like you could see the mm -hmm. art underneath that he wasn't too happy yeah, I kinda with. Yeah, I kind of like that. It's neat. Look at that, man. Precursor to the Oculus. He invented it. Odd. A couple of these images where we have a small figure with some staggering thing in front of them. Yeah. Feels very Mobius in its scale. It does. There's that other has always been great at the scale. Yeah. I mean, Domo, Domu had really good scale. It's your Kubrick portrait. It's really good. It's a cartoon in his face. I guess we're the Steam Boy era. Man, I tried watching that a couple of times. I can never get through it. The imagery's there, but there's something very boring about it for some reason. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Looks very pretty in this book. Yeah. Yeah, the imagery is sound, you know. 2002 interview. So what is that, five, six interview snippets throughout this book? I would love to read them. Like like an annotated version of this book would be amazing. Yeah. By him or by, you know, somebody that just can point to where these things are, what they were done for. Just any insight along the way would be interesting. It'd be what cool a, to see what all he does in terms of, you know, you talk about advertising, anime, all these things. It'd be cool to track that. Heck of a masochist, man. Drawing dudes <laughs> on bikes in great volume. I like that he doesn't draw spokes. Mm -hmm. That feel that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure this was for something too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean this looks trace off a photo, but you know, you still you still add that life to it. You still add the art to it. Yeah, like Tour de France or something. You know, this was probably commissioned for some kind of coverage of, of a race of that sort. Right. That's a that's a portrait in his hotel room. Attention to all those skies, really nice. <laughs> no idea. 
Imagine going, if you were that Ghibli. dude. <laughs> going Ghibli with it. Maybe the dude had that mask on. Because you could see it's a mask. Mm. My goodness. I hope he got paid a lot for this one. I know illustrators that'll be paid to go cover sports events. And it's kind of cool because that just, I don't know. I, I don't think of sport events being covered that way. And it's always real interesting. Like U.S. Opens, I've seen covered that way by artists. And it's really nice. You get to see some cool color stuff. And I, I think it's, you know you see some of that here. Look at how instructive this is, Jimmy. Like the ellipse of these tires to communicate that forward motion. You know, he, yeah, he, can, he can draw the proper, you know, perspective tires. But by pushing it that way and making these egg shapes, that, that, that signifies speed. Yeah, it's real subtle. Wait, is that dude, look at that dude's shoes. It's like the first Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those are definitely Crocs. This is, this, this is newer work. You gotta, you gotta remember this, this art show happened just a couple years back, really. Like this Brutus magazine, like I got that while I was in Tokyo in 2019. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think this image is from 2019, but it's not from far earlier. Cause it's the only, it's like the newest, uh, it's the newest comics that he made. That's a, that's a um, portrait. And it looks like he's doing storyboards here for animation. That's the that's the template. The only Star Wars imagery you'll see of the man covered a Kaba too. We'll, we'll look at Kaba too. Maybe next week. That's one of those things I scooped up. You can never find it affordably. You can never ever find it affordably. It's just too few numbers, dude. The glint of the plastic water bottle. How do you draw that? Otom was going to show you. Is that a pencil line? Looks like it. Yeah, good call. Yeah, I wonder as we go through this and you think about what you know of him trying different different image making techniques, like how digital is he? Right. This is awesome, dude, a bibliography. And it's there's plenty of English to it. So you could actually like mm -hmm. figure it out. What a career! That's a great book. What I, I've seen that online, and I've 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 lusted for it before. It's nice to see it in person. You just never know from online what these things are going to be like. That's sure. that's a heck of a book. Yes, and comes with whatever else it comes with, man. Oh, look at this, poster. man! Making sure we didn't steal it. Making sure the gaijin didn't steal it. Unfold that thing. Is that a multi-fold, uh, like a big image? That Let's should have been our backdrop, Ed. Yeah. Who knew? Probably a little info on the uh, on the event. I was hoping for like the poster-sized image of yeah. this. That one great piece in uh, Akira. And, and uh, in Akira Club, this image, like he drew it two times because like he wasn't happy with like the background imagery of the one. I guess this is like the time that the uh, the art show was going down in 2012. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures of that, and I'd encourage everybody to Google that thing because it, it it was really beautiful the way it was set up. Like you described in the beginning, just so many pages visible. Yeah, on, on the glass sheets, man. He kind of solved the problem of like you got all this stuff. Like how do you how do you show it? You know, you can't look at art that's 10 feet up in this in the air, so. He came up with a good compromise. Great book, once again, revolutionizes the idea of artist editions and what artist editions can be. It doesn't have to just be scan after scan after scan of, of a book 
you can collage things a little bit mix it up with some color here and there a lot of opportunity man the, the artist edition is a, is a new is a new format it really is it's not very uh old by any stretch a little more than a decade 15 years maybe so there's places we could stretch it and if there's a marvel grand design one in the future at some point this is a good template for at least my part of the uh, contribution good to go jimmy yep kayfabers we got a patreon out there man jump on board and mitigate the kayfabe effect uh like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so we can notify you when new vids are available jimmy tell the people what's out there street angel deadly squirrel live is back in print from image comics get that wherever you buy comics uh, it was out of print for almost a year so super excited to have that accessible to everybody again the plain janes is available everywhere comics and books are sold and uh, I have a Patreon, so join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can see some of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics, original art, things of that nature. Uh, Red Room, the anti-social network Red Room trigger warnings in store today. Uh, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game of, uh, of those comics. Make sure you uh, hit up my Patreon. You can read the comics that haven't yet hit paper. I'm working on a new set of Red Room in 2023. Uh, three bucks gets you the archive. Uh, more than 300 pages are up there as we speak we have link trees in the description below this video where you can get to all those destinations jimmy what else do we have out there subscribe to the cartoonist kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist kayfabe t-shirts merchandise hats mugs fanny packs and a lot more at our spread shop also in the links below this video another great way to support the channel given those marching orders will be on our way read more manga